slash and cast. Welcome back, fiends, to Handle with Scare, presented by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Our show discusses horror movies and the phobias they emphasize. Throughout the month, we've been spreading some Yuletide fear and highlighting some different holiday horror entries. Before I introduce tonight's film and my co-host, just a few general reminders for you guys. You can stay connected with us over on X at Handle with Scare. And be sure to join us for our Twisted Tuesday watch parties, which are held every Tuesday night at 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. That's over at kick.com forward slash totally drunk. As always, as you can tell, I'm joined by my co-host Grindhouse Zombie, and tonight... Bells on Shark Tales Serene as we take a look at the 2018 Sci-Fi Channel original movie, Santa Jaws. And Grind, like I've said it multiple times already, this is definitely one of my guilty pleasures. Uh, especially for, you know, Christmas time. And on this show, we've always kind of, you know, celebrated Shark Week. We've celebrated the holidays, but uh, we are finally getting around to the one holiday shark movie uh, so, you know, it, it's very fitting that this comes, uh, at a time when, like, we've already talked about the mean one, and there there are some parallels to, uh, characteristics of the killer in this movie, uh, and it's also, like, a one-of-a-kind ordeal, very akin to what we got out of End of the Apocalypse, being really the only Christmas zombie musical, so, you know, I feel like we're just hitting everything in stride, back to back to back, and, uh, I'm all here for it. Oh, yeah, we are definitely getting the candy cane wet at both ends this year. Um, well, I'll say this, I'll start with this. It was better than Black Demon, so, I mean, <laughs> there's a good place to start. We hit record, um, so that's, that's plus. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh exactly yeah um no so for a movie that is technically a pg movie um very fun lots of great characters lots of great lore i mean you got this whole thing starts with a kid and his graphic novel i mean and you've got you know uh, rudolph the red-eyed shark face which is you know <laughs> i mean pretty awesome uh it, one of those movies that if you had the opportunity to sprinkle a couple of uh, lady bits in there would have been just like over the moon fantastic. But as it was, um, uh, it, characters, acting, the family dynamic and the people that you love to hate in your family. Um, yeah, this has got just good holiday cheer written all over it. Absolutely. So uh, synopsis for this is trying to survive the family Christmas. Cody makes a wish to be alone which ends up backfiring when a shark manifests and kills his entire family. So, you know, just reading that, uh, you can kind of assume that, uh, yeah, his family kind of uh, gets it. Or do they? Because it is one of those movies. Uh, so, 
Important note, I only have like a couple of uh, like behind the scenes stuff. This movie was only shot in 12 days time, uh, which very quick shooting uh, schedule on that. Uh, we also have Misty Tallies, who directed this, who is really no stranger to shark movies, as she also directed uh, Ozark Sharks, Zombie Shark, and Mississippi River Sharks. I'll be honest, I have not seen either of those three. Uh, but this is someone who does a lot of film editing and directing uh, for a lot of these uh, B-monster movies that are sci-fi originals, which, uh, you know, can be give or take. Uh, but this one, for me personally, is obviously on the, the higher end of the spectrum for a multitude of reasons. But a lot of it just has to do with, honestly, just the fact this movie has a lot of charm. It's very fun. It's entertaining. Uh and the the whimsicalness of like the comic book come to life story uh, is just something that really hasn't been done a whole lot. So it's a really fresh take on you know this type of movie as well. Oh yeah, completely. I have seen the the zombie shark one, and that one was <laughs> equally entertaining. Let's just say. Um, and I mean, let's face it, some of these movies that kind of are what they are. Um, this one it's a little better it's a little better than some of the are what they are movies um and with this family i mean it's and we talked about it a little bit last night when we were we were watching this um we have who i the the, the kid's uncle who i called uncle red cuz i i thought that mm -hmm. was a, it was a very it, it felt very silver bullet to me which just made me like it even more um but between um, Georgia, who is like, let's bring it home, Daddy, um, and even the pearl necklace mom in there, and you know, hey, who doesn't like a pearl necklace? Um, it there's enough of the there's enough of the like weird, subdued sexuality in this, mm -hmm. all while trying to tell like a kid's story. That this is one of those things where you could sit down with. You know, uh, your younger kids, <laughs> your dad and your grandma, and just everyone could kind of enjoy it and find something to cling on to. Um, now, I don't know why this is, but there's something about the bright red-eyed shark that I just absolutely love, and I don't know why. <laughs> mm -hmm. I honestly don't know why, but it's it's really fun to watch. The Santa hat on the shark fin is like the perfect icing on the schlocky cake that I didn't know I needed, but I needed it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, we do have a bit of like the origin story in regards to Santa Jaws herself in this, which we'll get into because uh, because we do have like that whole backdrop of the character. Uh, but the movie opens uh, with like this evil Santa character who was basically like looking to feed this uh hot, tied-up brunettes to basically, like, a shark who was swimming in, uh, the bay. And we have who I can only presume is her boyfriend arriving, uh, you know, with the shotgun in hand to, you know, save the girl. And, uh, of course, you know, you have this evil Santa who basically just wanted to, like, settle this like man. He wants, uh, you know, have a fist bite with, uh, this guy. And, uh, you know, Casey ends up hitting Santa below the belt, and, of course, you know, it jingles because, you know, jingle balls. Why, why wouldn't it in this case? Uh, and <laughs> Santa ends up just absolutely clocking this guy with, like, a stiff right hand. 
Uh, but, you know, Casey does end up getting, like, the upper hand, and he basically, like, drop kicks Santa into the water uh, where he gets eaten alive by this shark. Uh, so we see the Santa hat, uh, you know, float into the top of the water before it is initially, like, dragged down underneath the water, and eventually it finds a new home on top of this shark fin, and alas, you know, Santa Jaws is essentially born in this case, uh, which is absolutely ridiculous, but this is definitely one of those movies where it's like, there's so much, like, childlike humor involved in this, and I know when it comes to the characters, there are a lot of, like, archetypes to them. Uh, they are very stereotypical, uh, really across the board, uh, whether it's the parents, whether it's the uncle, whether it is the uh, pervy comic book owner, <laughs> or even, like, the uh, influencer, you know, girlfriend of the uncle. Uh but, you know, you have this, like, best friend dynamic. You basically have uh, Cody, who is, like, the illustrator of the comic. And then you have his best friend, Steve, who does, like, a lot of the writing. You know, he tries to be, you know, quick with a joke. Uh, but a lot of times uh, it is met with uh, stonewall reactions or just eye rolls in this case. And, uh, you know, you even have, like, the new girl, Jenna, who's, like, constantly, you know, taking jabs at the writer as well, because he's not that good at his pacing. Uh, so I, I just love the fact that, you know, they're they're always bringing that to, like, the forefront whenever there's any sort of, like, interaction in regards to, like, the comic book style that uh, he's bringing to the table. Well, yeah, but all things being equal, she was the one that ended up buying the comic and loving it. So it's mm. like, well, you know, and she's supposed to be the she's supposed to be the cute, hottie high school girl that, you know, and she's talking about running track and running all these other things like that. Uh, the movie ultimately, I mean, it it gives me so many vibes and I'm a I'm a fan of vibes when I'm watching movies because this movie gave me silver bullet vibes. It gave me Goonies vibes. Um uh, there was one other there was some Indiana Jones vibes, I thought, in this movie. Um, so when you can give me all those vibes, but then like not totally rip off the movie that the vibes are coming from. Like, I love that. That's just it just makes it fun. And um, I, like I said, watching this last night, I can see why, you know, it ends up on your literally yearly list. I mean, it, it, it completely makes sense um, because it is fun. Um I still wonder, honestly, how come people were not more concerned that Grandpa disappeared? Like, <laughs> I mean, like, did Grandpa just go off to the home mm -hmm. <laughs> after after fishing with the grandson? That was always a little bit like, does nobody care? But nobody cared, <laughs> so it really didn't matter. Um, but it, it, when it comes to movies and it, and it comes to, like, how I'm trying to view movies these days... Um, and we talked a little bit about this, about the Halloween hangover and how, uh, you know, I mean, a horror movie is a horror movie. You can't have one unless people are dying and doing whatever else. And there's there's a certain amount of bleakness that comes with that. But at the same time, I don't think a lot of horror movies now are trying to, like, have any fun. Mm -hmm. um, like, the mean one was a great example. They had fun with that. Um, and so even though there's a lot of murder and slasher and whatever else, it's like, and this movie's the same way. A lot of people get eaten by a very mechanical red-eyed shark. But at the same time, I don't care. It's just fun. And 
with the characters in between like the hunt for the comic book and then you have the the lady on the boat who's doing her social media shit and her weird what i still think is a crocheted bikini that looks like something my grandma might have made it, 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 it suited her but i think my grandma might have crocheted that along with some like doilies and maybe some coasters um but it they don't take anything like too hard in one direction right. like they they tiptoe into the sexuality they tiptoe into the horror they tiptoe into the family dynamic but it it coalesces around something that ultimately ends up being a lot of fun. And ultimately, at the end of the day, uh, you have Cody and Steve who are still like at odds when it comes to how they want to wrap up their comic for Santa Jaws. Uh, and you know, we're basically like a day away from uh, like everything's like set up on like Christmas Eve, like leading into Christmas. You know, where it's like we're day, we're a day away from the quote big comic book Christmas Eve party. Uh, where, you know, everyone in town is going to be, not really, it's basically just going to be, you know, Clark, uh, and basically two teenagers, because that's basically the clientele outside of, uh, Jenna, the new girl who is, you know, the newest customer, and, uh, you know, maybe a, uh, make-a-wish Russian wife slash girlfriend, which will come into play later, which, uh, yeah, we'll get into that, uh, but, you know, we, we basically have... The family being home for the holidays, we're introduced to Uncle Mike. You know, we have Georgia, a.k.a. the hot one in this. Uh, and, you know, immediately, you know, like, obviously, like, Uncle Mike is the businessman. He's talking about business, like, 24-7. He's complaining about, like, his flight from Hong Kong and all this shit. Uh, and, you know, he is the uh, the the older of the two brothers. Uh, you know, the, the dad in the family is, like, a... I think he's a physics teacher. So, of course, like, there's some, like, interactions uh, in regards to, like, making snowflake decorations. Uh, and, you know, of course, you have Georgia, who's, like, doing a very simplistic design that, you know, you're tra traditionally used to seeing. And then, you know, you have the physics teacher doing... I can't remember what, what fucking cube it was, but, like, obviously, it was a lot more thought put into this. Uh, and she's like, what do you do again? And, and he's just like, oh yeah, I'm a physics teacher. And she's like, oh, that, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. I don't think Georgia in the whole entire movie was much on thought. And, no. but I, I don't, that, that was not the point of her character. Cause even after the, even after the, uh, the, the thing at the boat, I mean, she spends basically the remainder of the movie in her little crocheted bikini. So, I mean, mm. it, she's, she's. She's not there to be a, a living, breathing, thinking human being. She is there to be uh, wall art. And she does a good job of that. Um, I will say, though, I think that um, when we have the mom, who I think was Carolyn, I, I would say never underestimate a lady that wears a single strand of pearls. Because from my experience, they get down. So you just got to you got to you got to be you got to be wary of them, too. Yeah, and of course, uh, you know, Cody being an artist, uh, really early on he gets busted for an offensive drawing that he did at school in regards to uh, school uniforms. And, of course, he, he gets basically forewarned by Steve about this because, uh, you know, the principal had called Steve's parents. And, of course, you know, Cody's parents were an ex on the docket. Uh, and, of course, you know, because of this, Carolyn ends up you know, ground in Cody for a week 
immediately sends him to his room. Uh, not the only time that, like, she grounds him in this either, because the next time uh, that it happens after the incident with, you know, Papa Joe, uh, you know, they they just say, like, oh, you know, like, why you like this? Why you just, like, telling us lies? They don't believe him. What's going on? They end up taking his phone away and grounding him for, uh, you know, another week at this point. But I, I really love the family dynamic of this movie, because it's like, you know, you, you have Uncle Mike who's, like, going outside, you know, in the middle of the night for, you know, a quick smoke. And, you know, Cody's out there, flashlight in hand, you know, flashing it on him. Busted! <laughs> you know, right? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. you know, Cody promises not to, you know, be a, a narc. And, you know, you, you have this moment where, like, you know, when we first meet Uncle Mike, he talks about, like, oh, you still, like, drawing your cartoons. Uh, but, you know, really, in this case, you know, it's comics. And, like, Mike cares enough to, like, want to, you know, bring his nephew to New York to meet some of his, you know, artist friends. Because, uh, you know, he d he does have friends in the industry, so it's like, you know, maybe that is a p potential, like, career path uh, for him. And, like, there's this little quip about uh, Carolyn's, like, punk rock phase, and, you know, Mike not <laughs> wanted the, the son to, like, you know, be too hard on, on her uh because of that so you know it's it's pretty obvious like there's another side to the mom and we do kind of like see her progression over time because you know at first like she is really outright just a really bitchy about everything really overprotective and then you know you have that moment where it finally clicks like oh something is actually happening our son isn't just lying about this there's a literal shark killing people you know in the bay uh that you have that moment where she uh she goes a little gun-ho in this movie well i think you nailed it when you talked about i mean the heart of this movie is the family dynamic right other than nobody's still worried about grandpa i still don't get that <laughs> nobody's like where's grandpa i'm sorry he fell off the dock and Dropped his thermos full of cum in the water. I, whatever. <laughs> um, that's fine. Um, so I, I it, maybe that says something about the aged population or whatever. Um, but it, the family in this is so fun because it's like, as they keep going on and as people kind of get more and more in tune with what's going on, they have this weird inner character that comes out of each of them, you know, and, and who's like got the capability of doing what. You know, who's going to be responsible for what? And, you know, and especially after, like, they kind of, like, like we should all meet at the comic book store. Like, I, I never thought that was a thing, but kind of makes me happy, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. But it's like everyone meets up there, and it's like, okay, it's time to go to war. And, like, it, it, the fun part is, like, even now with, like, even the parents who are just like, you need to knock this shit off, and you need to, like, get out of your own little personal world and get into reality and start taking accountability and doing all this other bullshit. It's like, okay, well, now we have this problem. Let's make a plan. Mm -hmm. And that's probably, like, the funnest part of the whole movie. It's like, let's make a plan. Right. And really, the, the thing that sets everything into motion is Papa Joe's early Christmas gift to Cody, uh, which is a pen. And it's not just, you know, any ordinary pen. It's uh, basically, like, inscribed in German, which we don't learn about till later in the movie. Uh, but there is magic behind this pen. Uh, and this is a moment that Cody wishes that, you know, he would be better off alone, which sets everything into motion for the remainder of the movie. And this is essentially uh, the wish that brings Santa Jaws from paper 
to life in this case. Uh, so, you know, that next morning is when you have Papa Joe waking Cody up for their annual uh, Christmas Eve fishing trip. Uh, and, you know, Papa Joe is basically like, oh, you know, you know, we can go out, we can go fishing for a bit. And then on the way back, we'll swing by the comic book shop. Uh, so, you know, Cody can end up going to the Christmas Eve party over there. And uh, this is when we have, like, that voyeur moment of Cody spying on his uh, new neighbor, who obviously is a major crush on, uh, you know, peering through, you know, the bedroom window with his binoculars, because why not? Uh, the problem is, he's really not the best at uh, making good impressions on uh, on Jenna, because uh, one, he's just a total klutz uh, in, in front of her. Uh, you know, the last time I tried to talk to her, he basically, like, spilled milk all over himself in the cafeteria. Uh, and then, like, when he's on his way out, you know, towards Grandpa's truck, he basically just walks into something, trips, and, you know, that, you know, gets a laugh out of her. And, you know, it's it's one of those things where it's like, yep, you know, we've all been there, you know, and, of course, uh, knowing that, like, 95% of the females in this movie are brunettes, you know, it's kind of like a, a running joke for Twisted Tuesday, uh, with me in particular, but then everyone's like, oh, yep, brunettes are his weakness, and then everyone's like, yep, I can relate. It's like, definitely not me. Nope. Not at well, all. I, <laughs> well, I mean, so I think we joked last night, you know, love is but a pair of binoculars away, right? right. I mean, it, it, it kind of is, and the things that you see from afar... But yeah, I mean, it, it, Cody does nothing but trip over his own feet when it when it comes to trying to get the attention of Jenna, you know. Um, and admittedly, that's a, I mean, that's not a new theme, right? Mm -hmm. um, but um, and and I, to be perfectly honest, like her ultimately, you know, kind of helping come to the rescue is not a new theme either. But it's an, I think it's a newish theme when it comes in terms of like the family dynamic where they bring the whole thing in. And it's like, and especially, you know, when it's quote unquote, you know, time to go to the party and then time to go to war. It's like, you know, she, she has a, a great capability of like ignoring all of his missteps earlier and just being like, well, you know what? I'm here for it. And we'll, let's see what you got kid, you know, and kind of, kind of give him a chance. And, you know, I, when this, when this family comes together and they start making, let's say Christmas implements of destruction. <laughs> Boy, do they, uh, do they do it in fine style? Yeah, they do, which, uh, some interesting strategies coming into play. Uh, but with, with Papa Joe, like that, that's really like the, the first kill in this movie outside of like the comic kill, so to speak, in regards to like the evil Santa, uh, so basically, like, we have this moment where, you know, Papa Joe's constantly talking about his, you know, famous eggnog, and he goes to hand the thermos over to Cody, and of course, he ends up, you know, being a klutz, ends up dropping it in the water, uh, which turns out to be an awful thing, because when Cody goes to basically get the uh, backup thermos, Santa Jaws <laughs> basically comes out of the water, drags Papa Joe into the water, and uh, basically eats him whole. And, you know, Cody returns home, tells his parents about, you know, what had just happened. Of course, the mom is a little taken back by the fact that, well, like, one, you're grounded. So, like, what the hell are you doing out of your room right now? Uh, but, of course, you know, they just immediately play it off. They don't believe him. You know, they think that he's just making things up. Uh, and, you know, his mom ends up grounding him again for another week, takes away his cell phone. And basically, it's just like, you know, 
you pull any more shit like this again, uh, I'm going to take away all of your art supplies uh, if you decide to go out again. Which, you know, I know we had, like, a conversation about this yesterday, and from, like, the outside perspective, like, for, like, any normal kid, that isn't really a punishment. Uh, but, you know, for Cody's sake, like, every time we see him... He has like a pen in hand, so he's like constantly yeah. working on his uh, on his comic. So in this sense, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, being like the ultimate, like, well, fuck you, like I'm really gonna hit you where it hurts. Well, yeah, I mean, and I'm gonna say it again: everybody is oddly unconcerned about Grandpa. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I don't. This part blows me away. Like, of the mom and the dad, I'm thinking it's the mom. Like you're, I'm telling you that your father got murdered by a shark, and you're like, "Stop telling me bullshit, mm. kid." But then to take someone like Cody, who clearly is like his output to the world is like all of his artistic sensibilities. I mean, to say that, and it, it sounds so stupid when you say it out loud. Like I'm going to take away your art supplies. It just sounds stupid when you say it, but then. You think about this kid and, and, and like what he's trying to like get of himself out into the world. And it's like, I mean, you're basically taking away his voice. So it's like, why would you do that? And especially what we learn later about the the graphic novel. And, you know, it's funny that the graphic novel, the like all the panels they showed of it. Some of that was really kind of fun. <laughs> like, I mean, there's some things in there like I could see like getting tattooed just for the sake of it because it was like just kind of so fun and especially the you know the santa jaws with the bright red glowing eyes um but yeah i mean it, and i suppose it really wouldn't be a borderline teen horror movie if we didn't have some peril to the teenager and his you know his idea of artistic expression and i want to impress this girl and and all, all these other things um but that line that like i'll take away your art supplies that just sounded it just like such an asshole move. Like like why like why is the that the thing you picked? I mean it's like you've taken away his phone, you're grounded him, and it's like like you're gonna like I mean it's it's essentially taking away bread and water from him. Like why would you do that? It's just it's like so evil. Right. And uh, you know, Cody, knowing that like, well, this town really is in danger, of course, after being told, like, you know, if you go out again, like I'm gonna take away all your art supplies, what does he do? He's uh Basically, like, having, he's contemplating, like, what his next move should be. Like, he's, you know, home alone right now, pacing back and forth in the kitchen. Uh, basically, like, reasoning with himself about, like, what his next step should be. And, you know, basically tells himself, you know, lives were at, uh, at stake here. Uh, so he disobeys his parents, uh, you know, noting that, you know, they're in danger and he has to stop Santa Jaws, uh, which is why he returns back to the comic book shop. And this is when we get our backstory uh, for Santa Jaws, which, you know, I had, I had to go back. I had to write it down just because, like, I wanted to make sure we got it right. Uh, just so, like, we have the full story here. So Santa Jaws was born a runt. She was attacked by the other sharks in her frenzy. And, uh, you know, she only survived by becoming the quickest and smartest of them all. After eating evil Santa, again, which we saw in the opening scene here, mm -hmm. uh, she gained her power, or she gained his powers, and she doubled in size. 
Okay. Yeah, so why not? Her heart, Comic book logic. So her, so her heart grew two sizes. Yep, okay, yep, yep. got it. Uh, so she grew so powerful that no other sharks would even get near her. Ever since, she has roamed the oceans alone, cut off by her own savage nature. You can't really say, like, oceans, because, like, they're, like, in, like, Port City, which is, like, just a bay area. Uh, but either way, yeah. you know, when I, when I first saw the poster and i read the synopsis and i saw the opening scene with the evil santa you know my initial thought is like well is this just going to be like a killer santa shark or like how how is this actually going to work because it's not like the evil santa like possesses the shark or it's not really like displayed in that manner uh but you know it does seem like there is a connection between the two just because like that is the thing that you know, makes Santa Jaws grow, essentially, in this. Well, it's an interesting point. I mean, and uh, so to back up a little bit, I just had another thought about the about Cody and punishing him. If the mom really wanted to get him, she should have taken away his binoculars. Yeah. But that's a, <laughs> that's, that's a whole different level of punishment. <laughs> as far as as far as the Santa part goes, I mean, I mean, so like, who does like, who does who does evil Santa hate? You know, and it's like, so if if good Santa likes good kids and hates bad kids, it would seem to me that evil Santa would like the bad kids, right? Um, but then when we have Santa Jaws, it seems like Santa Jaws just kind of goes willy nilly and just does whatever. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it. I don't think Santa Jaws really has a has a an mo at this point. You know, um, it's just kind of everybody because I mean, with like Papa Joe, I mean, you know. What was his worst sin? Wanting to share a nip of eggnog with his grandkid? I mean, that's like, what what grandfather hasn't done that? You know, mm. that, that kind of makes sense. You know, here, have a little grandpa's coffee. It'll be fine. You know, uh, it kind of all makes sense. Um, the motivations, though, I mean, and especially to hear you talk about the lore and say that, you know, it made her double in size. I mean, and, and honestly, now that I know that Santa Jaws is a her, it makes a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um <laughs> She's just angry and put upon and et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I, it, it, I ultimately still struggle with exactly what was Santa Jaws motivation for. I mean, was it just like the run to the litter thing makes sense? It's like I was I was small and but it's like just to to kill so arbitrarily. It's like what drives you? And I, I hate that I'm even saying that. <laughs> what drives this killer red-eyed shark? But I don't completely get it. <laughs> well, the the wish from Cody was what set everything in motion. Cody wanted to be alone. Mm-hmm. So Santa Jaws essentially was just targeting the entirety of the family. So he would be, you know, the lone survivor in this case, oh, which is okay. basically <laughs> what ends up happening uh, as the bodies start to pile up. This is why you don't get up and go take a piss in the middle of Twisted Tuesday, because you miss one little fucking detail <laughs> and everything doesn't. OK, so that that makes complete sense. So it was targeting his family so he could be completely alone. Um, OK, I you know what? I'm completely OK with that. Yeah. So I guess the the other side of that coin would then be the follow up would be why would he then why would she then attack Jenna and Clark? Outside of, you know, just being a killer shark you know because they're not part of the quote family you know well but i mean wasn't wasn't clark well clark was the comic book shop guy yeah so but he went there all the time so that was a big piece of his life so if he wanted to be alone 
that makes sense. And then apparently Santa Jaws understands the use of a pair of binoculars when it comes to the teenage girl living next door. So he was that make all that makes sense. <laughs> I'm I mean, I don't want to oversimplify, but it, it, it all makes sense. It's like any anyone that uh, is an extension of Cody, I'm going to go after fuck them all at this point. Uh, <laughs> uh, so back at the comic book shop, of course, you know, Cody is trying to track down the Santa Jaws comic. And of course, you know, Clark ends up, uh, you know, loaning it out to Cody's dream girl, Jenna. Uh and, of course, Steve doesn't really believe that, uh, you know, Santa Jaws is alive and in the bay. And, uh, you know, he ends up, like, tagging along to basically where Papa Joe had disappeared, you know, earlier in the day. And that's when we see Cody fishing up the thermos out of the bay. And, of course, it has, like, a giant bite taken out of it from the shark. Uh, and, you know, this is when we go to, like, the... The very tame, like, yacht. <laughs> Can't even really call it a yacht. Uh, you know, Uncle Mike calls it a yacht. Definitely not a yacht. Uh, but Georgia doesn't really seem to care. You know, she's just out there, one to be on the water, take some pictures for, you know, all of her followers. This is when we see her, like, crochet bikini fit and all that. Uh, there's just one problem. You know, we're, we're kind of stuck in the water right now because the boat isn't starting. Uh, and this is a new one. Uh, there seems to be some Christmas lights that are stuck in the propeller. That was <laughs> like I've never seen that done. Uh, so we see Georgia, you know, basically snapping pictures of herself, and uh, you know she is on top of like this reindeer uh, floaty. And in one of the snapshots, we see you know Santa Jaws behind her. So obviously, like we know the shark is nearby, uh, and ends up. You know, devouring Mike as he is you know, basically trying to, like, clear up all of the lights from the propeller. And, uh, you know, we, we kind of have, like, that moment of tension with Georgia at this point where it's like, oh, man, she might be next. And But, you know, she manages to, you know, get out of the water at this point in time. But, yeah, it's just, like, it's one of those things where, you know, we have, like, all these different things going on. It's like we have this whole, like, Christmas event being planned at the restaurant because, like, they like to do kind of like a community event where, you know, they do a ton of, uh, you know, make up a ton of turkeys for the community, and that's, like, the parents we have given back. Uh, we have a boat parade that's about to be held on Christmas Eve as well. We also have the party over at the comic book shop. There's a lot of stuff going on in, like, a really small town, uh, in this case, and we don't really get to see any of those things uh, fully, like, unfold uh, at, at any point of time. It's just more of the... Towards the end of the movie, you know, they talk a little bit about a couple of them coming to save the day when it comes to uh, the, like, the restaurant event that's being held, but everything else is just kind of glossed over. Oh, yeah, this fucking town is hella festive for Christmas. I mean, it's there's just shit happening everywhere. And it's like, I wish my town had half of the events going on these guys do. Now, back to the uncle and the boat. There was, and we talked about it last night, and as he's pulling these lights out, it took me a minute to understand what he was doing. Mm -hmm. And then once I understood what he was doing, I'm like, I wonder if those are unplugged. <laughs> like, I'm like, I, like, I don't, didn't seem like anybody bothered to... <laughs> bothered to check 
But then when it came to uh, Georgia on the edge of the thing doing all of her selfie nonsense and and with her little Rudolph Lodi, and I'll, I'll be honest, that whole thing made me love Christmas again. So it did its job. Um, but it's like the the moment of tension they gave us. It was like she was hanging onto the dock still. <laughs> like all she all she had to do is go like splash and then up on the dock and just be like, oh no, a shark, you know. And then hopefully. I, my hope would be her little crochet b- bikini would maybe droop a little bit in a couple of places strategically, <laughs> but no, because this is PG. Um, but going back into the town, and it's like there's a party at the comic book shop. There's the thing that the mom is doing, and like you said, with all the townspeople and all the turkeys and all that kind of stuff. Um, it, it, it's still it, it it's trying so hard for what's. I think supposed to be a horror movie to be like a wholesome family movie. And there's a part of it that I would normally be like, you're trying too hard. Um, but this movie like tried too hard, so hard <laughs> that I thought it was fantastic. It's like, okay, you got your, at least, you know what? You're fucking owning it. So just, just keep going. And it goes back to like the mom and like the mom has got this vibe to her where she's, She's always got a perfect sweater and the perfect pearls on, like through the whole movie. Like I don't even know where she got those, but I mean, it was not the pearl necklace I envisioned. But she, as she's going through it, and she's just, she's trying so hard to be pure. And then, you know, as the kids are coming to her and everybody's kind of coming together, finally, it's like, well, hey, wait, okay, there's this thing happening, and again, it's like trying to go off of all the vibes of this movie there's also there's there's one scene and i can't remember the verbiage exactly but it gave me like a very critters vibe too where it was like everyone finally understands what's happening you know and everyone's going to be on board and again kind of a little bit of a ripoff but at the same time it's like you did it so subtly that i i think i dig what you did there I think what's interesting too, like knowing that this is Jaws, <laughs> you know, we never have that moment where it's like, you know, we have all these events going on. There was never a let's close down the bay, you know, let's cancel, you know, the plans for the parties. There was none of that going on. What was going on was, you know, in regards to like the writing of this movie, they were always ensuring that there were reasons why people needed to be at the bay. So, for example, after this, uh, you know, Cody tries to, you know, get the comic back from Jenna. But, of course, you know, Jenna doesn't have it at the house. She left it on her dad's boat. So we have to go back to the bay. Uh, you know, you have Georgia returning to the restaurant uh, talking about, like, you know, hey, like, Mike was just attacked. And uh, we have this moment where, you know, the mom, like, sees Georgia, who is in distress. Uh, and she wants to cover Georgia up. And I just remember... Like, the first time I watched this, I'm like, why would you do that? Like, <laughs> please don't. <laughs> that's the eye candy in this movie. And so it's like one of those moments where it's like, like, in, in my notes, I wrote, you know, mom wants to cover Georgia up much to everyone's dismay watching, which is 100% true. Uh, and then we have, like, this really ridiculous scene uh, where we're on the dock and we have this uh, guy who is dressed as an elf. Who is just, you know, dangling his feet off of the pier, looking to enjoy a cold one, uh, when he is attacked by Santa Jaws. And instead of, like, gnawing the guy's legs off or, you know, a stereotypical thing that would happen, 
Uh, the shark basically, like, pushes a boat up against the dock, and it ends up, like, cutting the elf's legs off. And then the next thing you know, like, we see his little stub legs, like, walking on the pier as he's basically screaming out in pain. Uh, and then the shark knocks him into the water to eat him. <laughs> and it was just, like, one of those things, it's like, I, I don't know what to make of this scene, but it's like... I, I, I appreciated the fact that it just wasn't outright like, okay, we're constantly just going to, like, do the whole, like, I'm going to jump out of the water and then pull you back in. So, you know, they tried to give you a couple of different looks, at least when it comes to, like, the feasting of, of Santa Jaws in this. Well, yeah, they well they give you a Christmas elf, which is, I mean, let's be honest here, is, is brilliant, but... Uh, when it came to his uh, demise, as they say, yeah, I would have I would have figured like he just fell in the water and got eaten. But when they use the boat to cut off his legs and then they have him basically running down the dock on the stumps and he's like, help me, help me, help me. And then boop, off. He, I, this is a movie that is very cognizant of what it is and it's very cognizant of the, the humor that it's trying to portray. And it it honestly owns it at every step of the way because one of the rarer times for our Twisted Tuesday is when I'm watching a movie and I'm watching it and I am laughing out loud. <laughs> like, just like, you didn't just fucking do that, did you? <laughs> oh, no. Yep, yep, you did. You did it. But but again, it's there's such an ownership over like all the scenes and all the things that happen. And it's not. It's not subtle because they know it doesn't have to be subtle. Mm -hmm. You know, it has to be kind of right in your face. And at every turn, when they give you one of those right in your face moments, they don't skimp on the details. They just give you everything. And that I, that's a part of what makes this movie so much fun to watch is it's like, OK, yes, there here's this elf. Wonder what's going to happen to your point. He's going to get that one leg bit off and he's going to hop around on one leg. Nope. Nope, <laughs> that's not what we're going to do. We're going to take off both of his legs and he's going to run down the dock on his stumps. I mean, like uh, the, all the things that I never saw coming. <laughs> I mean, and, and but again, another moment where I was literally I like had to put my headphones down and laugh out loud. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh my God, fucking God, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> but I, you know what? Y you guys did it. You know what? And I'm I'm so happy that you did. <laughs> So, uh, after this happens, after hearing about, you know, Mike getting attacked, uh, you know, Cody's parents are s still in denial at this point. Uh, you know, they are just convinced that, you know, Mike is a prankster and, you know, he's just trying to pull a quick one on the two of them. Uh, so that's when the parents decide to go to the bay to go to the yacht. I'm going to air quote that again because it's not an actual yacht. Uh, and we see... Still bigger uh, than my boat. Yeah, that's, that's a f fair point. Uh, but Peter sees that Mike's Mike's captain hat is, you know, in the water. Uh, so he tries to pull it out. Uh, and, of course, Santa Jaws is there, tries to eat uh, Peter. Uh, but, you know, this is really the moment where it's like, okay, seeing is believing. Mm -hmm. And uh, that is the moment that the parents are basically in a frenzy. You know, they are in... Uh, Pierre, like, okay, we, we need we need to go find the boys at this point. Uh, and the teens are uh, basically at this point, like, basically leave the comic book shop in order to take the fight to Santa Jaws. This is when they come up with their plan on how to deal with it. 
And uh, Cody ends up dropping the pen. Uh, and then, like, this is when we learn a little bit about, like, the mythos behind the pen and, like, what the inscription says. And I know, like, there's a conversation about, like, oh, yeah, that's, like, in Elvish. No, it's in it's in German. Uh, but <laughs> uh, but the, the inscription basically reads, He who holds this pen holds great power. With generosity and heart, it can only do good. Beware he who uses it for selfish gains. Which, of course, you know, if you have this inscription... And you tell us what it is, of course, you have to have both sides of the coin. And, of course, oh, later yeah. on in the movie, Clark, the comic book shop owner, uses it for selfish reasons. And we have one of the most nonchalant getaway scenes I've seen in any movie, <laughs> B-movie or not. <laughs> and that, the, the I remember the first time I watched this, I was like... Okay, he's just leaving his uh, his Russian girlfriend behind for w whatever reason uh, back at the comic book shop. But then he's like in this really slow car and like the kids are on bike and like the whole time you're seeing Clark pull away, like they make it seem so obvious that like the kids are going to be able to like catch up to him on bike, you know, regardless of the fact and. You know, Clark doesn't really do, like, a great job of, like, creating any sort of distance. There's really no distraction or anything. Uh, and the kids notice that, you know, there's a bunch of, like, money lined up behind the counter as well. So, like, it's very obvious that, you know, Clark has used a pen to, you know, wish for his own things that he needs in his life. Uh, but, uh, you know, I guess the hot Russian, you know, girlfriend wasn't, you know... His first thought when it comes to the getaway. Yeah, I think that was uh, was that Svetlana. Yeah, that who it was? yeah yes, Svetlana. Svetlana. <laughs> yes. Well, and I, okay, but I mean, but that uh, for me anyway, it was like small town guy, small town dream, small town thinking. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's just kind of what it was. I did think it was funny that when. The parents finally got on board. It was like, we need to go find him. Where's he going to be in this whole big town? Like, the comic book store. <laughs> it was like, a, well, you know what? It tells me at least as parents, you're paying attention. You know where your kid's going to be. Um, but then that that moment where they, like, displayed all the quote-unquote weapons. <laughs> I mean, that was also the least impressive display of weapons I've ever <laughs> seen in my life. It was like one crossbow, one Boy Scout bow and arrow, and then like one Chinese throwing star. Mm. Like, 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 fucking really? <laughs> and that's it's, it's a fact too. On top of that, like Clark had to like flip the light switch. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and he bothered to light it up too. That was the best part. It's like, yeah, I have a light in my gun safe. It would be way more fucking impressive than that. But yeah, I. At the same time, though, I think it still it still plays to that. That like small town sort of what's your what's your word shenanery mm -hmm. the word you use I love that word shenanery because it's not actually a word but it tells me exactly what I'm thinking it's beautiful <laughs> but it, like so it's like here's what I have here's here's what I have to offer to this this problem you know and you know so I still there's still something about and when I say this I'm I, I'm honestly thinking of Jess when I say this. And and I and I'm saying this with love, um, with the candy canes. I think I think Jess could have done a better job at sharpening that. Mm -hmm. um, 
and you know, and I don't want to call Jess a pencil sharpener, but I'm calling her a pencil sharpener. Um, but like so much of this little weird, like weapons montage thing was like people just doing the most inane things, right? <laughs> like and somebody like literally sharpening a giant can. I mean, <laughs> I, it, it was kind of adorable, but also kind of dumb <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> like, okay, but given what we have to work with, but then I somehow had high explosives too, which is interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like, let's, uh, we're going to wrap some Christmas lights around this javelin. All right. What else are we going to do? Uh, you know, we're going to use a uh, candy cane for the arrow for the crossbow. Uh, but it's also going to have like a little bit of a uh, garland, you know, towards, uh, towards the top as well. Uh, but then like, you know, when, when the mom gets to like the pier a little bit later, like there's also like, a mace and like she makes this like comment about like is this guy like obsessed with medieval times <laughs> or something well they had that they had that giant spear that like giant mm-hmm. uh, javelin spear whatever you want to call it and it was like they threw it out the water and he missed and it sank mm-hmm. it's like like really <laughs> like that that's it he's like he's a pitcher and he's like yeah baseballs not javelins yeah Yeah. but i mean but they just they had this big i mean and it was it looked really well crafted and everything and he like threw it and just went bloop yep and then it's like i mean talk about oh like that that fucking moment where it's just like well shit we're fucked i mean that i don't know there's there was a lot in the in the whole battle montage with their giant catapult with the the explosive and I still don't exactly understand what they were flinging, but I, I again I, I'm old. I might have gone up to take a piss and <laughs> missed a missed a part where somebody was making anfo or something out of whatever they had in the hardware store. But like it, the whole battle scene, it was such a hit and miss. Like, ooh, here's this one arrow. <laughs> Got it. And there's some blood in the water. And then I throw this nine foot long javelin and it just sank to the bottom of the bay. <laughs> like that just Nobody cares. Whatever it happened, um, <clears throat> I don't know. Still, it was the battle was the battle was fun, and the battle made me laugh a lot, mm-hmm. and it made me question the uh, uh, ideals and the impetus of every single person that was there because a lot of them weren't doing a good job. <laughs> no, definitely not. Uh, but of course, in order to attract Santa draws. And this is an important thing because this is one of our parallels to the mean one. Uh, in order to lure Santa Jaws, we are playing Christmas music. Uh, but again, like their early attack attempts are mostly in vain. Uh, Santa Jaws ends up wrapping Christmas lights around Georgia, pulls her into the water, uh, but she does manage to stab Santa Jaws in the eye with her candy cane. Uh, and ends up, like, pulling out the eye, because we do see the red glow. Uh, but again, that's also not without her getting dragged under the water, and she ends up getting eaten by, uh, Santa Jaws. But it's important to note, you know, Santa Jaws isn't just attracted to Christmas things. She can only be hurt by things from her world. And then this is when we have, like, the Christmas weapon montage. You know, we have the candy cane arrowed crossbow. We got the javelin with the Christmas lights. Uh, we have ornaments that have been rigged to explode. Uh, and we have this moment where Steve ends up dropping one, and it's, like, teetering towards the end of the pier. 
Uh, but he saves it, you know, just before it hits the water, uh, but ends up, you know, we have another one of those pop-out moments where Santa Jaws ends up eating him and pulls him into the water. Uh, well, <laughs> what was with what was with it with that weird moment where they were like they were launching what I came to think of as something of a trebuchet? That's what it looked like to me, sort of. Mm-hmm. What was what what was with like the weird half rotten chicken that fell on the dock? What the fuck was that about? Well, like you're, you're like, talking about like towards the end of the movie with the catapults. Uh, maybe I'm getting too far. Yeah, but that like the weird chicken thing, like the hat, like the cooked, the hmm. cooked chicken that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get into that. But basically what okay, they were doing I, is, you know, they were using the the turkeys that the parents were making for like the community dinner and they were stuffing it with gunpowder. Oh, so the okay. idea was we are going to launch turkeys at Santa Jaws in the water and then we're going to shoot it with the with the rifle. To, oh, that, makes, that makes it more awesome and yet more stupid. That's awesome. But yeah. But yeah, but it's like they, they were making like catapults out of like, I think it was like the like the seeding area, like by the pier. Well, and they had that one distinct pin that was candy cane yeah. colored that they kept using to like set the level mm-hmm. like of the catapult. Like, and I, I mean, like I get it, <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, <clears throat> uh, okay, you, you did it like six times. Let's <laughs> right. let's move on. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so. Uh, we, we already touched on, uh, you know, Clark using a pen for for his reasons uh, and the teens end up confronting Clark when he makes his getaway to the bay. Uh, and of course, he has he has a boat ready. Right. But of course, you know, it's tied up. So it's going to slow him down even more after his very slow ass getaway. Uh, Jenna ends up tackling Clark into the water, uh, manages to grab the pen, tosses it to Cody, but, you know, Santa Jaws hits uh, and eats not only Clark, but Jenna on top of that. Uh, So this is when Mom is in full panic mode. She ends up calling the police, trying to, you know, get some help. And, of course, you know, they just assume that, you know, this is a prank phone call because who's going to believe them, honestly? Like, really? There's, There's a killer... You know, shark in the bay, not in this town. That hasn't happened for thousands of years. But, you know, it's not like she was saying, like, oh, yeah, there's there's a shark with a Santa hat devouring people, you know, or anything like that. So she went with the most plausible explanation that she could possibly give. And, of course, immediately it shot down, like, man, we don't have time for this. This is an emergency line. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Well, but, I mean, that's the whole thing. It's like... It is so funny with this movie that it took this long, this long Mm -hmm. to get to the place where it's like we have an emergency. I mean, at this point, like six people are dead. I mean, give or take. Um, And but it's like, okay, so what am I going to do to. Let's say. um, Arouse the authorities, Mm -hmm. as it were. Um, and the whole, I mean, let's be honest here. This is, this is one of those movies where as I'm watching it, 
And every time I see the Santa hat on the fin, mm-hmm. I both laugh my ass off because I laugh my ass. I laugh my ass off. But at the same time, I love the fact that somebody did it. <laughs> I just, I just love the fact that somebody did it. Um, and even with like the asshole comic book guy and, and like all of his bullshit and then, um, Cody's parents and kind of like all of their bullshit, um, with uncle Mike and all of his bullshit. And even with Papa Joe and all of his bullshit, it's like, we're finally getting to a place where it's like, you know what? We need to have a showdown. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think this is where the catapults and then the weird chicken thing that I still don't <laughs> like there's that there's one scene where they try to like launch something and it ends up being a, a chicken or a turkey. Maybe, maybe it's a turkey. It's a turkey. But but it just <laughs> the, <laughs> the catapult like fails for some reason. And this thing just kind of bounces across the dock. And it was it was finally the moment in this movie where I just went, what? <laughs> like, what the, like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> you know, it's it's interesting. It's interesting to me, like, that's the part that that is holding you up. Because, like, even before we get to, like, the final showdown, we have the moment where uh, Cody and his older brother are like, all right, like, we need to kill this scene. Uh, so, you know, their their initial thoughts were are... All right, well, let's do it in the comic form. Uh, so at first they're like, well, what if we take out its teeth? Uh, so, you know, <laughs> Cody like erases the teeth. Uh, and then yeah. we see Santa Jaws knocking ornaments into the bay, uh, eats him. So Santa Jaws now has ornament teeth made of, you know, yes. <laughs> sh- sharp glass at this point. Uh, and then they're like, you know what? What if we like impale her with a candy cane? Because, you know, that worked earlier, stabbing it in the eyes. And it's like, oh, yeah, great idea. Like, let's try that. So then you, we see, like, this giant candy cane javelin, like, manifest itself. Like, green yep. green smoke poofs in the air. And then we see it shoot forward. Hit, you know, Santa Jaws right between the eyes, basically. Uh, and they were like, oh, yeah, great. Like, that did it work? And then uh, next thing we know, well, somebody, uh, Santa Jaws has a giant says- horn. <laughs> That's yeah, so somebody literally says, great, now she has a horn. <laughs> it's not a fucking rhinoceros, man. <laughs> but but again, playing into playing into the 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 pretty half-baked lore that they've got going on. But I mean, I'm sorry. It 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 all just continues to add up to awesomeness. It just does. It just keeps going. And it's just like, well, you know what? We're already here. We're we're on day ten and a half of twelve days. Fuck it. Let's just do it. Mm-hmm. And I, again, I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, because we have that moment when, okay, well, we have a horn now. Well, we're gonna have to use it. Like, we can't just have mm. it just for show. And, of course, oh. uh, Cody's older brother ends up getting impaled by Santa Jaws and her candy cane horn. Uh, mm. We see the dad getting eaten alive when he tries to uh, basically, like, find Josh in the water after he gets attacked. Uh, you know, Cody does manage to shoot one of the turkeys that's kind of like floating uh, in the water, and it does end up hitting Santa Jaws, uh, who, you know, we, we have like the very like sad music as Santa Jaws is like, <laughs> like dropping <laughs> into the depths. Uh, 
But <laughs> and then we have the the mom at this point. You know, the the pen is like out on the pier. You know, thanks. She's completely in the clear. Uh, only for you know Santa Jaws to pounce back up, and we have like that slow moment when Santa Jaws is like devouring her from like the legs up, mm-hmm. like chop, 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 and it's like, well, fuck, not, like now, what are we gonna do? Like this comic is going to need its ending. Uh, so you know, Cody, being the last man standing at this point in time, uh, you know, he goes back to the comic book panels. Uh, and basically says, you know, whoever kills Santa Jaws gets one last Christmas wish. And of course, he wishes to get his family back and ends up burning the comic uh, at this point. So we see Santa Jaws basically bursting into green flames. Uh, and then, you know, we have that moment when, you know, Cody wakes up on Christmas morning. Everyone is still there, all the family members. Georgia, even the hot one is there. You know, everyone is brought back to life. So instead of having our... Oh, God, I'm trying to remember what the kill count was. It was like 14, if you include... (laughs) If you include the animals... Oh, we forgot to mention! (laughs) I forgot to mention. We have that moment when... uh, Caroline has has the gun. And she's, like, shooting in the water, thinking, like, like she's hunting Santa Jaws. And, like, she thinks that, like, she's taken, like, she's handled her business only to find out that she shot a red-eyed alligator. (laughs) And that scene, it's like, what the fuck is going on? Because it's like, where did that alligator come from? Why does it have a red eye? That part didn't make any sense to me. It was just kind of, like, thrown in there. So... I don't know if, like, there was another idea that they had in play in regards to, like, Santa Jaws, uh, like, infecting, like, other animals that, you know, you know were living in the Bay Area. Like, what the idea was there. But it was just one of those things where it's, like, it didn't need to have the red eye in that particular scene. No, that was, that was the point where I'm like, okay, so they're gonna, this is what they're gonna show us. They're gonna show us shooting this red-eyed alligator. There's going to be an otter in there, you know, mm-hmm. eventually a penguin, maybe a sea turtle. Like, and she's just, and she's just missing, hitting all the wrong fucking things. I mean, cause that's kind of where they were going at that point. That, that whole scene, honestly, it felt like, it felt like there was like a second AD that like was in charge of that scene and was like, nudge somebody at the end just to leave it in. Cause it was like their thing. That's like kind of the, the vibe I got from mm-hmm. it. Um, but, and in keeping with the, the theme of this whole thing, it was fucking funny. <laughs> so who cares? I mean, like, uh, so there's a, all this is a red-eyed alligator, too? There's Rudolph the Red-Nosed Alligator? Like, really? <laughs> I don't, I don't, okay, sure, I'm here, why not? <laughs> Let's just go. <laughs> yeah, it didn't have a Santa head, either. That was, that was the other thing. They should have well, had everything been... connected. <laughs> Well, that would have been perfect if the otter, the alligator, the penguin, and everything else that she shot had a Santa hat, too. Like, all Santa's little elves, and she killed them all. (laughs) That would have been perfect. I would have laughed even harder if that had happened. I honestly would have. No, No, this whole thing, seriously, dude, this whole thing was just watching it and watching... This is one of those movies that if you just let it be what it is, you will love the characters. You will love them. 
and you will love them for each of their roles, however big or small that they were. Um, I mean, and granted, you'll probably like Georgia more than some of the other characters, just for some pretty obvious reasons. <laughs> but, um, but they do a great job of building this this comic book thing up because. I mean, this is a comic book horror movie made for comic book nerds who love comic book horror movies. This is who this is for. Um, and it's, it's one of those things where as soon as they, and especially because the comic was so, as it was drawn, it was very black and white, which I, I always dig. I always dig a, like a solid black and white, but with those little splashes of red for the whole thing, I it, you're always going to get me there. But it's who it was made for. Um, and getting to the end of it and like in his wish about how I just wish to have my family back. I mean, I, I think that's a, that's a dream that anybody can get behind, whether you're a 13 year old kid or whether you're a 40 some year old adult who is just like, you know, I just wish I could have that moment in time back and I could do things differently. I think that's something that we can all, everybody can get behind. It's, it's really easy. You know, it's not a it isn't a complicated dream and it is, it's very human, you know, to just wish you had things to do over again. Yeah. I also love to, you know, at the tail end of this, it's like, you know, Papa Joe's, you know, talking about like the cinnamon rolls that he has in the oven and, you know, Cody wakes up and he's basically like, Oh, don't worry. Like I'll get him. And then he's like, completely forgets about them being in the oven because he needs yeah. to rush over to go see his dream girl uh, to one get the comic back, uh, so he yep. could you know dispose of it and burn it again, uh, yep. since it you know is still in existence in you know this timeline. Uh, but also to officially ask her out on an ice cream date because there's a new spot opening. Uh, so I'm like, but I'm like, but wait, like what? A, what about the cinnamon rolls? Like, is the family going to remember? Like, hey, like where did Cody go? Or are they just gonna like pull up Papa Joe and like not even think about him for like three fourths of the movie until like they return home, <laughs> go to check his room, Papa Joe's not there, and then like the dad like doesn't really make anything of it. <laughs> so for so what you're telling me is that for all I know about you, you're worried about the fucking cinnamon rolls, really? <laughs> he, well, I'll they they were all hungry, like you uh, know. Well, okay. Well, I'll tell you what, Saturday morning when we're in Chicago and we're at Days of the Dead, I will make sure you get a goddamn cinnamon roll, okay? Just so you can put this, whatever trauma this is, behind you once and for all. <laughs> you don't have to ever think about cinnamon rolls again. Goddamn, really? That's what you took away from that, the cinnamon rolls? I, I mean, I guess, I guess I see it, but I mean, it's like I could understand running across the street to chase a piece of ass before I could understand the cinnamon rolls. Yeah, no one wants burnt food for, you know, Christmas Day, though. Like, that's the thing. No place is open. Uh, oh, that's true. Yeah. And you really can't argue with a good cinnamon roll, can you? Nope. You really can't. Yeah. So this movie, this movie, when you break it all all the way down, it's about comic books and cinnamon rolls. Interesting. Well, I, you know, I'm on board. Sounds good. I think. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely one of those things where it's like, you know, if we ever get a sequel, great. If we don't, that's fine. Like, this one can perfectly live on its own as a one-off. And, uh, you know, will we ever get another Christmas shark movie? <laughs> Probably not. But there doesn't need to be because we, we have this one to, uh, to hold down the rights on that front. Santa Jaws 2 is something burning. Yeah. <laughs>
I like it. I like it. Back and to I am yeah, Santa Jones too. Back to the Bay. <laughs> yeah, and then well, this is when we infect yeah. all of the alligators, the penguins, the otters. You know, <laughs> we're gonna ha- we're gonna have the whole nine yards, and we're just gonna build our own. Just a, a, <laughs> bay, full of, a bay full of red eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna and have Santa our hat. and Santa hats. Don't forget the our, Santa hats. Our bay of you know Rudolph the red nose or red eyed you know animals in this case. Oh uh, my God. Okay. Yeah, so I mean, let's call a spade a spade here. Is this is this movie going to win any Academy Awards nope. or anything like that? Nope, not even a little bit. Uh, but ultimately, it has a lot of really lovable characters, um, and a lot of relatable characters, and it's it's just fun as hell. It's Christmas. I mean, it it sort of gives you everything. I mean, and and especially like being, I mean, one of the things that I really took away from it. And especially being a teenager is like with the comic book store and then like him and his buddy, like trying to make this thing. It's like having a place to go and having a place to be yourself. And then especially like with Papa Joe, having somebody that understands you and doesn't doesn't care if you're a little weird, you know, just doesn't care. It's like you're awesome. So it, whoever you are, just be who you're going to be. Um, and this movie takes all of that and brings it to, to honestly to like the next level of just like the whole family and everything that happens. And like I said, it gives me so many vibes from so many movies, seriously, silver bullet, uh, critters, goonies. There's some ET moments. I mean, there's like so many things and it does all of that without being a blatant ripoff of any of those. So when it does that and you're a, you know, I mean, as I recall, this was, was or was this not like a sci-fi original? Yeah. Okay. So if you can do all that and be a sci-fi original, you, you got something special. And I, I really enjoyed this one. I'm, I may or may not have bought it so I can watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> um, but so now that I've bought it, I will watch it again. And, and ultimately it's just, it's just fun, man. It's just fun. And, it's a it's a quirky little story, and th- yeah, there's some spots where you just kind of go, "Wait, what?" <laughs> but at the same time, it's like, "So what?" You know what? Just uh, turn off your brain and just have a good time, and that's definitely this movie. Absolutely. So I always get to uh, you know revisit some creature features or aquatic uh, horror in this case. Uh, which, by the way, just because you know I keep thinking about this. Uh, if you guys don't know, uh, we finally have a release date scheduled for The Abyss in 4K, both mm. in theaters because it's getting released next month, uh, but also at home because we have uh, Aliens, The Abyss, and True Lies all coming out in 4K UHD in March. And that's been, like, one of, like, the major releases I've been waiting on for fucking years. So to finally have, like, an official announcement... Makes me feel all warm and fuzzy, uh, but I'm also looking forward to the remainder of the Yuletide fear that we got coming up. And of course, looking forward to Days of the Dead this weekend, uh, which we have, you know, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. So I'm sure we'll tell you guys all about that, uh, both on Twisted Tuesday as well as our next recording. Uh, but looking at our docket uh, for next week, I want to say you have the Retaliators 
Italian, uh, yes. for your next pick. And then we're finishing up with uh, Rare Exports, which is another one of my yearly watches, which is one that you said you hadn't seen. I have not seen it, so it'll be fun. And I know and I have not seen The Retaliators, so this should be good. The Retaliators is a complete and utter fucking shit show of a movie, but it's part of what makes it fun. So, And it's got uh, a lot of like hard rock, heavy metal connections, and when it comes to like the actors specifically, which yeah. makes it... it it's one of those movies where you watch it and you just you scratch your head the whole time, but at the same time, it's it's so much fun and there's so many people that if you like, you know, hard rock, heavy metal kind of stuff, like you know the people. Um, like Zoltan is in it. Zoltan from Five Finger Death Punch is one of the actors. Ivan Moody is one. And it's like, it doesn't make any fucking sense at all, but that's a big piece of what makes it fun. So we'll see. And it's loosely... A Christmas movie, kind of. We'll see. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> time, time will tell. Like the, I do Hell recognize yeah. the poster, but I know I definitely have not seen this. It is a it the the movie is it's one of those rare movies that it's just a fucking trip. So you just gotta kind of you kind of gotta just let it ride. But we'll see. I hopefully you don't hate it. <laughs> It's possible. It's really possible, but I I don't think so, but it's possible. All right. Well, on that note, guys, that will do it for us here tonight on Hand Up With Scare. Again, be sure to join us on Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. Pacific time over at kick.com forward slash tumbly drunk for our next Twisted Tuesday watch party, where we will be watching The Retaliators, which was released in 2021. Uh, But until next time, guys, you have a good night, and we will see you around.